Hello everybody, welcome back to another Corn Fed production, episode 24 of the Corn Fed Sports Entertainment Podcast. This is uh, Eric, your co-host. We got Timmy over there like usual. Ready to go. How you doing tonight, Tim? Good, excited. Oh yeah, I got a real special episode tonight. Um, Cubs Insider co-founder, Evan Altman, interviewing him tonight. We're super excited. Uh, we're big fans of his work. Oh yeah. Um, does a great job over there. Um, really knowledgeable about Cubs and just baseball in general. For sure. Fun, fun guy. Uh, got a great beard, which instantly raises everybody's coolness factor by what, like 10? For sure. <laughs> So, we're pumped for that tonight, um, so stick around, uh, make sure you give it a listen. Um, we'll probably talk to him for 45 minutes or so, we'll yeah. see how it goes. See what he has to say. But, um, we're not going to be doing a rapid minute tonight, just because we think it will, time constraints kind of like yep. last week. For and sure. We don't want you guys to get bored uh, with what we have to say. So we'll do this this week and then probably come back with our NFL preview. Some rapid minute next action, week. Yep. yep. So, uh, yeah. We did want to cover the poll though real quick. Yeah. Um, Eric, I saw, put up, Eric put up that fine poll for us. <laughs> I found it on a, a website that was like, how to get more, uh, what, just in, involved uh, parties into your group, of uh, your Facebook group. Um, it was, would you rather give up social media or a sh- uh, bathing for one month? <laughs> if anyone would rather give up social media than bathing, then they're not my friend. <laughs> I mean, I can see why, though, if you were, like, worked with it, social media and that's how you made your living. Though. I guess, yeah, maybe. Like, if you were, like, like, I would consider, like, those Twitch streamers, like, that's probably their, I mean, that is their living. So, I mean, yeah, make true. money or, you know. Bait. But also, some of it's probably just because some people are addicted to oh, for sure. social media. Like, you and I, I feel like, love social media probably more than most. Yeah, because just our involvement with, obviously, this podcast and Twitter. And just, like, being sports fans, so. But I would still bathe. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, your wife said, uh, she that's... She said that'd be the end of everything if I didn't bathe, yeah. so. You'd have no more kids on no the way. No more kids on the way, <laughs> which is hopefully not no more kids on the way anyways, but. Yeah. Hey, congrats on the, uh, pregnancy, too, by yeah, the way. Yeah, 18th kid. <laughs> <laughs> We're hoping for a boy, so his name can be Theo. For sure. We so, want a Theo. But, yeah, thanks for everybody that did, uh, you know, vote in that. Uh, we love all the involvement we get. Um, we posted our... Where would you sit? Iowa edition last night. And that got a lot of good responses it did. as well. Yeah. As well. People really like that. Yeah. So make sure you check that out because that's honestly it was pretty tough though, but you gotta go with great, what you love. A lot of great tables. Yeah, for sure. And who knew that many people from Iowa that were that I great? I did not. So um yeah, if you want to find that though, it's on our Facebook, our Twitter, and our Instagram. And our Twitter is at Cornsports. Our Instagram is CornFedSports1. Our Facebook is Facebook.com slash CornFedSports1. And then lastly, uh, like we said last week, we're going to hopefully get this moving here. But our blog website is CornFedSports1.blogspot.com. Well, should we go ahead and uh, give this interview going? Give our boy Evan a call? Yeah, for sure. Let's do it. All right, everybody. Um, we've got our guest on the phone here tonight, um, Evan Altman from Cubs Insider. Um, he also does a podcast called Inside the Basket. Um, welcome to the show, Evan. We're happy to have you, bud. Hey, no problem. Thanks for, thanks for having me on. I uh, always always enjoy jumping on and, and talking because I I love the sound of my own voice. <laughs> I just I, but don't expect me to listen to this later because I can't stand listening to myself after the fact on a recorded uh, setup. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm glad to ramble on for as long as you need me now. And then uh, uh, that's about it. Sounds great. Yeah. But also before uh, we kind of get in, you know, the Cubs talk, I saw on your uh, website, uh, 
You can actually name all 10 of the Wu-Tang Clan members in 3.5 seconds. Is this accurate? I'm going to give you that 3.5 seconds. For sure. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, Cubs Insider, uh, obviously you're one of the co-founders. Um, how that kind of came to uh, fruition and how you're, where you're at now, I guess. Yeah, um, so it's, it's really, um, I'll, I'll try not to make this too long, although it's, <laughs> I, th- I think it's interesting, I don't know if anybody else out there does, but so there was this, um, I want to say this was back in maybe 2010, 2011, um, and uh, Yahoo had this thing called the Yahoo Contributor Network, okay. and it was it was like a freelance deal. You could sign up through them, and uh, and you would get paid based on how many page views your stuff got. So you had to submit them uh, work, and and then they, you know your stuff would show up on Yahoo. And uh, and so I would read this stuff, and I was like, man, there's this guy that was writing some cup stuff. I didn't really like it. I found myself commenting, <laughs> and, and then going like, well, wait a minute, man, this is I'm not somebody who's going to complain about something without offering a solution. And so rather than continuing to complain about it, I decided, I was like, okay, well, I think I can do better. I'll sign up to be a contributor. And I did. And then about six months later, that whole thing went defunct. And, um, and so I was like, well, Hey, I'd really like to keep doing this. And, and so I just kind of put that out on Twitter and, uh, and, and got connected with Tom Loxus. And we, we, he had already kind of, I started it and it was really, really early on. So I jumped on and started doing it. I was under the Chicago Now umbrella that houses um, some other sites. Cubs Den is probably the, the most popular yeah, yep. uh, Cubs site that's under there. And I think maybe World Series Dreaming is under there, a couple others. So we did that for a while. We wanted to branch out on our own. Um, Tom ended up having some conflicts and kind of um, stepped away. I took it over and then um, actually met up with John Felice who was operating Cubs Kingdom at the time. We actually met up at Game 1 of the World Series in Cleveland. Wow. Decided we'd put our heads together, um, got together with some of the guys from uh, with Corey and Brendan from Cubs Related. Yep. And, uh, and we all kind of just said, hey, let's, you know, we're all doing this, and, and it's such a crowded market. Let's kind of combine forces and sort of relaunched it right around. Uh, it, was, it was Cubs Convention of 2016. Uh, I'm sorry, 2017, because we went after the, after the World Series, yep. um, that we sort of relaunched, it, and then it's, it's gone from there, and it's been um, been really kind of a wild ride, so it's just a deal, you know, I do, I have a regular full-time job otherwise, and so uh, the, the site is is kind of my all-consuming, uh, to call it a hobby is probably not really fair, um, but it's, you know, it's uh, what I do literally <laughs> every waking hour that I'm, that I'm not working, so... Um, Keeps you busy, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's awesome though. Um, Cubs Den, uh, their main guy passed away a few years ago, correct? Uh, Yeah, I think it was um, 
John something. Years ago, that, that John Arguello passed. Yeah. And, uh, I remember exactly where I was when I found out about it. And it, it was just um, such a good guy. I, I think he was when you when you look at kind of where this whole Cubs blogging thing has kind of come from and, and where it's kind of gone. He was one of the early guys in that whole game and just really with the prospects and then the farm system and knowing mm-hmm. that inside and out. Um, such a unique guy, such a nice person, always willing to, to kind of uh, bring people along. So when you look at kind of the social media landscape in which we all sort of operate, um, there's good and bad of it, but there's a, there's a few people you meet along the way who are just thoroughly and genuinely good people and John was one of them and, and so that was more so than just his knowledge uh, that was a, such a big loss I think to our little community that we have and I, and I think uh, there, there are few people that really carry the torch like that and I'm, I'm probably not one of them because I'm like I'm too snarky and too <laughs> down people's throats um, so uh, I really wish there was there were more guys like John that were out there to kind of balance that out yeah, Very cool. Yeah, that just shows how I mean great of a guy he was, honestly, because everybody knows how dark and uh, crazy Twitter people can get, especially so, Cubs Twitter. Yeah, Cubs Twitter. So, <laughs> but all right. So I just want to ask you. Let's just start getting into Cub questions. We're just going to start. Give me your current state of the Cubs. Where you think they stand right now? Um, chances of making the playoffs. Maybe going to a little bit of their road woes and what you think are causing that just because I mean we obviously see they're two different teams home and away and just give me a current state where you think they're at, at this point um yeah I mean gosh there's there's a few different uh there's a lot I think to unpack overall with them and, and they're in a I think a good spot right I mean clearly mm-hmm. yeah in yeah place uh you know it's hard, hard to argue but but you see the the same thing. I think this this series they just finished in Cincinnati is really indicative of what we've seen from them throughout the season, which is you saw, you know, one blowout win in, in which actually their pitching wasn't very good, but they, they hang twelve runs. You get two games in a row where they can barely scratch out even <laughs> yeah. a hit. Yep. And and then you see this like wild come from behind win, um, where where John Lester who was terrible as I start, kind of grinds one out. And and that's that's who this team has been. It's not who they should be because no. I mean they they have the talent of going out there and just blowing teams out every game. But the but that's the same. So they should not be this team that loses two to nothing or three to one or what have you. And I think that's the issue that we've all seen since last year. That's what the OF team talked about with yep. the urgency and the hunger and, and it's just it's not always there. It. It has looked better, and when they're at home, I don't know if it's the ballpark, the way they're they're set up, um, you know, how players feel comfortable or what. But it, that that's the frustrating part of it. However, the, the thing you have to look at is they've been frustrating. They haven't played their potential, and yet there's still a, a couple games up. There were as much as, as four games, yeah, or four and a half. Four and a half. They're a, they're a better team than anybody else in that division, By even for while sure. playing at their best. So. That, that's, I think, the thing we need to look at and think, okay, uh, worst-case scenario, this is a group that, it, it, if they go through slumps, is going to be the best team in the division. Now, how does that play for when they get into the playoffs and they're actually playing against teams that, that aren't the Cardinals, that aren't the Brewers, that aren't the Reds? <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, that's where you really run into the struggles. Um, so. I don't know. It's you know, I'm I'm interested to see how this stuff continues. Can can Ian Happ um, yeah. be anywhere Maintain. near what he's been? 
man. Does Nicholas Castellanos <laughs> get home runs every single game? Um, you know, does Jason Hayward uh, hold down that leadoff spot? So uh, those are the things. But, okay, so here's the flip side of that. I guess I'll get back. I'll close on, on this as far as where I see them. Is we talk about their inconsistency, but we're also looking at, I think Chris Bryant is only now starting to kind of get back. Yep. The, the knee had been yeah, bothering him for since, sure. uh, since the All-Star break. Um, Wilson Contreras is still out for a couple more weeks. Yep. You get a healthy Chris Bryant for the last six weeks of the season. You get a healthy Wilson Contreras for the last month of the season. Now you're talking about throwing that into a lineup that has yeah. Ian Happ, um, Scary. Boost and Nicholas Castellanos out there hitting home runs and, and doing, which is exactly what people thought he was going to do playing at Wrigley instead of Comerica, this is a team that, the one through eight, I mean, you could literally, your eight hitter is, is Vic Caratini, or if, yeah. if Contreras comes back, your eight hitter is Ian Happ. Which is stacked. That's, that's not fair. <laughs> um, and so, that's, that's what you have to feel good about, is it? But, we don't want to be left with a situation where we're constantly saying, well, well, when this happens, oh, yeah. if this, and, and that's the trouble. We spent six months going, well, if they just get this right, oh, if they can just figure this out, and, and that has to stop. This team is too good for us to uh, have to keep looking forward to when and if. So uh, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. Um, you touched on Hap, obviously. He's been huge since he's been back up from Iowa, which we're only two hours from uh, – principal park so you know we go down and watch him every once in a while and some of my buddies had nothing but terrible things to say while he was down there but he's back up killing it now um i know you're a big believer in his uh stability at second base especially i've read a uh, you know a couple of your tweets and uh articles uh why do you think that's such a big uh factor for him uh especially going forward yeah so a couple things with that and, and one of and sort of what what i saw early on and a lot of this actually coincided. The reason I kind of came to this this thought, and I'll look at the second base thing specifically, but I, I do want to touch on some of it. What was really interesting is time at AAA, um, you know, because a lot of people looked at the numbers and yeah. probably even watched him play because it was ugly at times. And, you know, they, they come out, I mean, he was hitting everything on the ground. He still had the holes in his swing. But I, I think that was the worrisome part was that he wasn't getting the ball in the air. And people think, well, hey, if this guy's going to have holes in his swing, he needs to hit the ball out of the park at least. And uh, what I saw, though, was the same thing. So my, my son, uh, he's, he's 10, he's in the Little League, but he's also a switch hitter. And, and he had a thing on his left side. He's right-handed. Uh, but when he would bat left-handed, because your top hand at that point is your weak hand. Mm-hmm. And so there, there's a tendency to kind of have to throw that over, to try to overcompensate, throw it through, and lengthens your swing. And so his, I had him um, batting with a hitting coach or working with a hitting coach. Uh, Kevin Barnhart, uh, Tucker Barnhart's father, yep. the, the Reds catcher, also a switch hitter. So I'm not trying to name drop, but I'm trying to <laughs> yeah. some context here. Um, and, and he talked about, you know, uh, go, you know, go drive nails with a hammer with your left hand and, and do some things with that because you need to get that top hand quicker through the zone. And he had, actually had my son working on some drills to intentionally hit the ball down, to, to snap that top hand through and to try to hit the ball on the ground a few times to try to remove some of the length from his swing. And so when I saw that Hap was hitting the ball on the ground very consistently from the left side, that's the first thing my mind flashed mm-hmm. to. And then you hear him talk about breaking the swing down and working through that, having to reconfigure it. And then all of a sudden, after a while, those things came together and he really started driving it again. So I don't know if that's a direct relation, but that's where I think some of that poor production came from is because it was by design. 
Uh, that's why he was there in Iowa, to break that down in a way that he couldn't in Chicago. Long story short, then, we talk about second base. That's the spot he's always wanted to play there. The yep. club said when he got drafted to say, you're not playing second base in Eugene. He goes out to Eugene, the Emeralds, you know, short season bowl. He goes out to tell the coaches, he's like, all right, I'm a second baseman. <laughs> like, no, dude, you're, you're in the outfield. No, you're, you know, and then, so, but then he goes to the next level. He wants to play second base. He goes to the next level. He wants to play second base. He showed up to spring training this year. He wanted to play second base. And whether he's playing there every day or not, I think he benefits from the psychological uh, the, the not having to be forced into the outfield, to, to, to know that he has the opportunity to win starts and to win innings at second just puts him at ease a little bit. It's not, not necessarily that he's a great second baseman, because he's not, but but that's that's home, right? The yeah. club's home and road woes, the same thing. He likes to be, comfortable to be thought of as a second baseman, and I think that does put him at ease at the plate and helps him to be confident and comfortable. And so if that's what it takes, um, I think he'll still see time in the outfield. He should see time in the outfield. But he, he can be a different version of what Ben Zobrist was if he can play there. I think he's more valuable than the Cubs uh, being able to do that, especially, again, with Castellanos having to be in a corner outfield spot yep. and Hayward being able to slide to center. Uh, it only makes sense. And so I, 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 I think he's got a real potential to be that guy, again, who we saw flashes of when he first came up. For sure. Totally yeah, he's, agree. he's been uh, obviously out of this world since he's yeah, been, he's been back lost up. Spark. Definitely, I think he feel. I feels like he has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder, a little bit too. But which is good, obviously. <laughs> so, uh, All right. so the next thing I wanted to ask you about, we heard about Theo in the offseason talking about production over potential and all this. How much longer? This is something you see a lot on Cubs Twitter. How much longer are we going to ride with Albert Elmore? Are we going to keep like yesterday he batted lead off? Which is just it's a joke. Or two days ago. Just a joke. How much longer? What are your thoughts? Do you think do you see an Iowa stint in his future, or do you think they're just gonna ride with it the rest of the year once the rosters expand and everything? Yeah, to, to be completely honest, I'm really shocked with the way they sent Schwarber down, with the way yeah. they sent Hat down and left him there through only yeah. the end of July. <laughs> We're, I mean, Almora has been just Abysmal yeah. at, yes. at times, and and, and it's like it, you, you almost feel like and it's weird because he's almost like he saves himself. He gives away. You're like, there's no way this guy can keep. And then he'll hit a home run. Yeah, exactly. And, yep. like, oh, and then he'll make, he'll make a play. But then we see times like a couple of games ago. Again, he goes over for five from the leadoff spot. Yep. He makes some yeah. really poor defensive plays. It's like, okay, hey. Uh, the argument has always been, even if he's not hitting, he plays stellar defense. Well, guess what? It's not that um, stellar. Yeah, if you're if your F war, <laughs> you know your Fangraphs war is zero. Yes. Then your defense is not making up for your for your bat. Yeah. Uh, and, and and when you make these errors, now you're a negative. And I, I haven't even looked. I was I was actually reminding myself. Uh, this reminds me now because I wanted to look at it and see if he was down there because Ian Happ in one game, the game he hit the grand slam. Uh, which I was at, and that was pretty cool. <laughs> One-tenth of a game of war, which is more than Al Morris put up the entire season. Yeah, insane. And, and it's just, that, that's not, and with Hayward playing over again, with Castellanos, and with Schwarber, and with Happ, you don't have room for the guy. So they can keep him as a defensive replacement, but is that really valuable right now, or is that something you wait until September, and then you can use him as a defensive replacement? I just, I, I love Al Morris. He's a great guy, good clubhouse presence. Yep. There's a lot that he can bring, but right now, this team, with what they need and how they're made up, I don't understand how his value fits 
with the construction. Right now, I think he needs the same thing Hap needed, which is to go down there and to break some things down and to get back because, I mean, this guy's tinkered with his swing so many times. We've, we've heard that the power is going to be there. Yep. And it yeah, just, like this. This isn't, I, I don't know, I, I, yeah, I don't want to go in on it. I told you guys I like to hear myself talk. So I, <laughs> oh, you're good. You know, at, at whatever point, you need to cut me off for a while. I get on these rants, but there's, there's right now, there's nothing discernible about what he brings to the table that you can sit there and say, okay, this is a major league player on a contending team. This isn't the 2012 Cubs. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, putting him in, like, if nothing else, why, oh, why is he leading off like that? <laughs> I, 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 was, I was, like, viscerally angry. Yeah. Yeah. I know you got to put somebody there, but put somebody else there. Yeah, there's got to be someone oh, better. And he's hit hit lefties worse this year than, and that's when he usually leads off is against lefties. So that even makes less sense, honestly. So, um, also, you know, the Cubs bullpen's kind of been having a lot of moving pieces here recently, um, with all the injuries and you know with the Kyle Ryan bereavement thing. Um, but they've honestly performed here pretty well in the last couple weeks of the so far in the season. Um, What's uh kind of especially with uh, Kyle Ryan and Rowan Wick those those two have seemingly came out of nowhere it seems like <laughs> just kind of touch on them maybe what what you're seeing from them I guess yeah you know it's, it's interesting um, I'll touch on Ryan first I'm, I'm actually in the middle of a of a post about Wick so I'm looking into that just because <laughs> of what we've seen you know he had a, a really great outing that last one but yeah but Ryan's an interesting one because. You know, as a, as a lefty, and actually both of them are, I think the, the thing that makes them both kind of uh, special right now is you see Ryan comes from this really wild uh, angle, right? And his, his release point is so far over to the first base side. So as a left-hander, he's, he's virtually thrown from behind the back of a left-handed hitter. And so just the angle at which that comes in is, is really deceptive. Uh, he can really get on those guys that way. And, and he's just been... After, you know, kind of, it took him a little bit of time to acclimate, but he's been really nails lately, and he loves seeing that out there, so he's got a lot of confidence going, but I, I think what's been the real revelation, because Ryan, at least people had seen a little bit in the past, yeah, yeah. and and Wick is a guy, Wick's only been pitching since 2015. That's crazy. Right, and, and not, not just like pitching professionally, like, he hadn't pitched since Little League, and and then, you know, he, he struck out like 94 times in 260 plate appearances, at a ball, and they're like, hey, dude, um, <laughs> you ain't gonna make it as a hitter. Um, <laughs> was he with the Cardinals, right? Yeah, he was with the Cardinals. Um, at that time, they drafted him in, I think, 2012, and he was there in, in their organization through 2017. Uh, and then, the, you know, the, they had to, I mean, the, the Cardinals just had so many pitchers, and he was up at AAA, and they're like, hey, you know, there's, sorry, dude, uh, we got the <laughs> other top prospects, you know, you know, so he got waived. The, the Padres claimed him on waivers. He actually, you know, he debuted, pitched 10 games with him, and they traded him the Cubs for Jason Bossler, who wasn't going to make it up with the Cubs. He plays third base. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cubs already kind of have that position. Yeah. <laughs> so, although, although then the, pod, the Padres trade for third base, and then they go outside and make a shot up. So I'm sure he was going to say, oh, yeah, I go to an organization where I can play. <laughs> Never mind, dude. Um, but, you know, so nobody thinks much of it, but then here's this guy who all of a sudden, not only is he throwing 96, and he's got... 
so he used to be a catcher, and then they kind of moved him to the outfield. But you could you could see it because first of all, he's like six three and, and almost a deuce and a half. So I mean, he's a he's a stout guy, Rowan Wick. Yeah. And and he's got that compact stroke of a throw that reminds you of a catcher. I mean, it's a, it's a catcher trying to get his pop time up yep. and fire that ball down to second base, and so. You know, whereas you have Ryan with this kind of long, this is a lanky throw, you know, the kind of three-quarter delivery off the left side. You got Wick, who seems to just be firing out of the center of his chest, and, and the ball just jumps on guys. But then what's really been interesting is that he's got a slider and a curveball, and those are still working. But if you look at his velocity last year, he had this power slider that was like averaging 89-90. The curveball was, was closer to 80. And now you're seeing those like four miles an hour slower a piece. Or they get 85 and then the curve has come down, but um, he's, he's figured that out. So now you've got not only you throw a 96, but now his breaking stuff is 10, 15 miles an hour slower. <laughs> yeah, that's so he's crazy. really changing levels. And it's just, this guy is, he, 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 if you remember that game July 1st, they had the game against the Pirates, and it was like one of, the, one of those where you knew it was over from the first inning. It was like 18 <laughs> to 5. Yep. It's horrible. Like, nobody wants to pitch in this game. Wake goes out there, he gives up three or four runs, two or three runs, something like that, a bunch of hits, doesn't strike anybody out, just can't, I mean, just look, you know, like, you felt bad for him having a pitch in the game, but then he gets sent down, and all he's done since, he gave up, like, no runs, two hits in AAA over the next several outings, he gets called back up, and he's given up some, like, two or three hits with the Cubs, and he's striking everybody out since then, so it was like something clicked, mm-hmm. and, and you, you feel like, you talk about hat playing with a chip on his shoulder, you kind of feel like he got that same thing, like, I don't, I don't ever want to feel like that again. And I'm going to go out there, and this dude is just absolutely shoved. And it's awesome to see somebody like that. You know, this guy who's only been pitching for three or four seasons to come up and all of a sudden be, hey, in the absence of a closer, uh, Steve Ciszek is down. You know, Pedro Strope hasn't been reliable, so they're without uh, – Brandon Morrow hasn't played. The yeah. Cubs are without legitimately their top three or four oh, for sure. leading options. And here's Rowan Wick, just like, hey, dude, go out there and take care of it. And, and he has. And so – Boy, if you get a guy like that, you know, rookie-level experience who can handle tight, high-leverage situations, that is going to be huge for them once they get everybody back and they go down the stretch. So I love what he's bringing. You think he can only get better. That's the scary part. Yeah, that's so awesome. Love what I'm seeing out of him, and I, I think that's going to be the potential for, uh, you know, that'll be number two behind best trades ever with the Padres. You got Anthony Rizzo for, for Andrew Kirchner, sure. number one, and then Rowan Wick for Jason Bossler, like, number two. Very good. So the next thing I want to ask, kind of sticking with the bullpen theme, um, Tyler Chatwood, what big signing last year didn't work, obviously we all know did not go well last year. Been pretty valuable to the team, honestly, for whatever, whatever role they've asked him to do. What is his future this year, you think, for the rest of the season? And then going forward into the offseason the next year, where do you see the Cubs standing with Chatwood? Um, yeah, I mean, he's a guy who I, I think he's, he's sliding nicely to that, that long relief role that, uh, that Mike Montgomery used to fill and, and everybody kind of thought would fill this year. I think yep. it from the other side, of course. But, you know, when you're talking long relief, it, it's not so much a matter of, of lefty and righty. And... You know, we saw the one thing Chatwood could never quite figure out. He had a complicated delivery. He had a tough time really consistently finding his release point in his slot. I mean, you could, you could see the stuff was there. He just couldn't control it enough to keep it in the zone, enough to get, you know, it, it, what was weird about his numbers, if you look at his stats last year, he had so many called third strikes because nobody ever believed he was going to actually throw a strike. <laughs> yeah. So if he got you down to two, guys were just 
strike and take mode the whole time. So he did tons of looking strikeouts. And it wasn't because he was good. It was actually because he was bad most of the time. But but that also tells you his stuff was there. And so he simplified some things with the delivery. And and I really do think uh, it's it's helped him to be in a set role. Uh, He kind of switched back and forth a little bit in Colorado. Uh, We saw that. So it'll be interesting, though, to see, like, Oh, okay, how does that move forward? I think for the rest of this year, he works really well as that long man because we're going to see, I think that's going to be very, very important down these next six weeks uh, because, you know, Cole Hamels and John Lester are not young guys. No. Uh, they're, they're not They're not going to be out there going seven, eight innings every time. They need, and if nothing else, he might even slot in for whether they do a bullpen start or kind of lengthen that rotation a little bit with, with some of those because they're going to need to give those guys a little bit of rest. So I think he's going to be super valuable in that role as they look to stretch those uh, those starters or conserve those starters a little bit. And then, you know, you look at, okay, that could be a really important role once they get to the playoffs because Madden's probably going to have a pretty quick hook with some of those guys. And if that happens For in the sure. fifth inning, uh, assuming they get there, Chatwood is a guy who's proven that he can come in. Uh, he is His clutch statistics are actually really, really high. And so he's able to face off against batters from both sides. That could be really important once they get to those, and you get those tight games where you just have to have a guy who comes in. So, love what he's bringing. I think again, as long as he can maintain that, um, the Cubs have a really, really good long reliever, and, and maybe eventually another starter again. But for now, I, I prefer him in this role to start it. Awesome. Yeah, he's he's been great and a lot of fun to watch, honestly. And I mean, he's even valuable a little bit with his bat. I mean, he's a little bit better than Al Moore has been, so that's always good. <laughs> But um, it's a good thing when like three of your pitchers are better hitters than your everyday center fielder. Yeah, good. yeah, definitely. But I've been seeing all over like Twitter, you know, and uh, all the other social media pages. But where did this narrative? Me and Tim were kind of discussing it a little bit before uh, we called you. But where did this narrative from Chris Bryant not being clutch come from? Like it doesn't seem like it, it makes, makes sense. no sense. Yeah. But where did it start? I, I feel like that's one of those things where. Uh, you know, I, I, I guess depending on, on where you come from, uh, belief systems or, or whatever you want to think of the supernatural, just like Satan walking around and you're <laughs> like, Chris Bryant's not clutch. <laughs> but, but, but part of it, I, you know, I, I wrote about this. Uh, I, think, I think part of it is that when you've got somebody who's so good um, under most circumstances that then when when you parse things, you, you look at it, and you kind of look at these splits to go, oh, he's not... He's not been good with clutch, except, you know, again, uh, the, the problem is his career numbers with runners in scoring position and two outs are, like, better than all but 40 players in the league put up, period, this Ridiculous. year. And, and so, you know, 126 WRC plus and, like, a 362 Woba or something, um, it, it, which is fantastic. You would take those numbers from anyone on any given day, and yet Chris Bryant does that in these, these big situations. And people are like, oh, he's terrible, um, which is, is a little bit weird. But things get magnified, right? People remember that. Like, uh, you know, he's got a big strikeout with bases loaded or something. And people, people look at that and they think about that. But the good thing is you look at the numbers this year and, and he's really started to play well. A lot of that came out of he had a really bad, a really slow start there mm-hmm. and, and has traditionally kind of gone through these periods of adjustment. You'll yep. see that. And, and, uh, and I've, I've uh, we've had the good fortune that comes insider to talk with his dad about a couple things in the past. Yeah, I've loved those. Kind of, yeah, and, and like all the way up through when he was in high school, when he was through college, he's been able to make these adjustments. And it's just one of those things where 
pitchers figure out how to attack him, he figures back. And and being kind of a, a longer, lankier guy, uh, sometimes that's not as easy for him to make those adjustments. High heat, that's tough to catch up to. He's making some adjustments there. But, um, yeah, I don't – it's really weird, though, because there's there's this pervasive sense. Like, there's – you can go on – uh, if you if you want to swim in the dregs and, and go onto our Facebook comments and oh for sure and, yeah. and see you know it's like oh they should have traded him when they had yep. the yeah there's a lot of swans yeah. trade out there it's insane it is, it is ins- he's one of the best five hitters in the in the league yes um, and, and realistically he's on a pace to be the Cubs' best hitter ever and yeah. I know that's like sacrilege and, and people you know I, hey all due respect to Billy Williams Ernie Banks. Ron Santo, Ron yep. Sandberg, when you put the list up there, but Bryant's pace and, and the way at which he has improved, you know, a few injuries aside, if he stays healthy over the remainder of his career and, and maybe resigns, there's no doubt. I mean, he's, he's clearly one of the top, we'll say top three. Uh, that's not somebody that you trade. No, we no. have control left. It's just, it's, it's foolish. You're not getting anything. Who, who, oh, yeah, uh, here, the Mets will give you the Grom for him. Like, yeah, okay, but that. That's cool. That makes your rotation better. But now you're missing your best hitter. Yeah, yeah, it makes no sense. It's just, but it's fun. You know, it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, uh, okay, guys. You know, but it's it's people people get that. And, and, hey, we can all find different uh, beliefs of all sorts that are out there. You sit there and think, how can anybody think that? And then you discover there's like whole, uh, you know, again, Facebook pages and like clubs in every county nationwide, you know, set up and, and devoted to this weird belief. You're like, hey, <laughs> hey, I, I can't believe one person thought that, let alone a million. So, yeah. um, so we'll see. You know, hopefully he just keeps hitting big home runs like he did the other day, and, and then, you know, we can all just laugh at the people who think he's not clutch. That'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah, I'd uh, be okay with some more, uh, what is it, Thomas Brenneman reactions after a home run like that? Oh, that, was, that was wonderful. That was, that was classic. Unbelievable. <laughs> Throws the pen. <laughs> oh, that was great. So. All right, so we've got a couple more questions we want to ask you. Um, one more for me is, realistically, we see Ben Zobris coming back. Cub fans love him, obviously, for what he's done. He's a great guy, also a great clubhouse person. But realistically, what, if anything, can we expect from Ben Zobris this year? Um, you know, it's, it's tough. Although, I, I will say I was pretty surprised by how quickly he seemed to kind of reacclimate. Um, yeah. I, I would just just to see him out there, like if you, if you saw the pictures and the videos of him at South Bend, um, and, and he's always been a, a pretty upbeat, positive mm-hmm. guy. But to see the smile on his face, how happy he was, signing the autographs, people, yeah, and he just he's out there signing for everybody. It's just like you, you felt like he was relieved, um, and I think this is a healing process for him. So that was cool. But then to go to Myrtle Beach and to Homer in consecutive yeah. games, uh, once from each side of the plate. That I thought was big, and I, 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 I get it, right? A lot of people, oh, you know, these are kids just out of high school. Well, they're, they're not, but but still, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a ball, so I get that. But Myrtle Beach, that's, you're talking about some humid, heavy air. It is not easy to hit home runs in that ballpark in general. And so um, to get some good carry on that, to, to have that power kind of showing up, uh, again, both sides, that's pretty cool. I think at the end of the day, though, when he comes back um, – I don't know that he's a guy, you look at, again, we already talked at length about Hap. Uh, Zobris is kind of that same role, and so far he's only been playing DH and second base. No time in the outfield yet. Um, and, and he doesn't figure to get really any in Chicago. So whether he's actually on the playoff roster or not, yeah. I do think what you have, so you look at a guy like this, everybody on the roster, 
roster has been asked about him. There's been questions about when Ben Zobrist coming back, what do you guys think? And it's, it's tough if you get asked about this guy all the time, he's not there, and you don't know really how to answer. Well, once he returns, that's a big weight lifted off the shoulders of the rest of the guys on that roster. I think that's just a helpful thing for the team to have around. So honestly, as it, maybe it sounds corny, I think his biggest impact will just be kind of coming back and being around those guys and, sure. and having the opportunity to kind of just lift that weight a little bit, even if he doesn't, I don't think he contributes a ton as a player down yeah. the stretch, honestly, but um, but it'll be good to have him back. And I think for him in particular, and I've said this all along, like I, I'm just happy for him as an individual. And I think to have that, that closure, like I just, I think for a guy like that to have, and obviously his family comes first, but I think he would have had a lot of regrets had he not been able to finish out his contract um, and, and finish out his career and maybe he maybe he plays beyond this, but if he doesn't, I think he'll feel really good about having that opportunity to come back to Chicago, finish it out, and and kind of put a bow on it. For yeah. sure, especially him. He's he's from Illinois, correct? I think. Yeah, yeah. He's, so. he's in, and you know, went to went to college at, at Olivet Nazarene uh, there in, in Bourbon A, and and kind of you know from from the area in general. So I think yep. it's. It was a cool, you know, that, it felt like sort of a homecoming for him when he came and signed with the Cubs uh, a couple years back, and, and you, know, you have to figure at 38 years old, this is this is it, especially with all the personal stuff going on, and I'm sure. sure he wants to spend time with his kids um, now that uh, that he's going through this divorce, and so assuming this is the end of his career, I, I do think he'll have a little bit of extra motivation in there to, to really finish it strong. Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, being Cubs fans, just... And what he's done, it'd be great to see him finish off on a high note for his career. Been been a pretty good career too. So, great um, lastly, I kind of wanted to touch on Joe Madden's kind of been. I mean, he always kind of talks a lot, but he's kind of been a little more controversial, I'd say, with his comments this year. Um, you know, especially with the fans and the bullpen, and then recently the extension with the what did he say? He said, it's "Not about wins and losses." Yeah, it's not about wins and losses. It's about interactions, connections, connections. So, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to hear what you had to say about that overall. Uh, I don't really know too much. I have some very ridiculous ideas about <laughs> Joe Madden and lineup construction and bullpens. I don't really understand those things. Um, so I don't know that I'm, I'm fit, or at least that's probably what he would tell you. Um, that as a fan, we don't, we don't know. Um, that, it, was, it was funny, though, to see the reaction. Because a lot of people were like, you go get him, Joe. You tell him. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Um, but by the way, uh, a lot of people do. Kind of know, like, hey, I don't know how many pitches Derek Holland threw in his side session yesterday, but I can tell you that Derek Holland should never be put in there <laughs> to throw against yeah. any right-handed batter. Yeah, that's not hard to tell. I don't care what Matt Weir's hits as a right-handed hitter. <laughs> that's against legitimate pitchers. You know, the, the his numbers as a right-handed batter are not against Derek Holland. So anyway, um, long story short, but it, but it does. It's it's interesting because you know Madden used to talk about how. He didn't pay attention to the outside stuff, how that stuff didn't phase him. And mm-hmm. that might have been a little bit of lip service, but it's it's pretty obvious that he is a little bit more irked by that, that he's he's feeling that pressure. And so yeah. it's because he's being asked about it more. And that, you know, it's the last year of his deal. And and, um, and he says he's confident about things. I, I don't know. I just, I know part of that is, is politicking. Because what else is he going to say? Right? Yeah, he has to say uh, this, this sucks, and you know if we don't if we don't win tomorrow, I'm out of here. You know he's, he's never gonna say that, but it, it when we heard the Epstein talk back in October, um, there were several parts of his speech about what the Cubs were not doing well, what they needed to do different.
differently that that felt like they were leveled directly at Joe Madden. I mean, just right sure. about the lineups, the consistency, and the, and the urgency. And, you know, a lot of people will argue, hey, the manager's not out there swinging the bat. He's not out there throwing, yeah. throwing the ball. And that's, that's absolutely correct. But at the end of the day, when you're on your third pitching coach and your third hitting coach in as many seasons, there's there's some, there's yeah. some part of that continuity has to come down to, well, if you're going to give this guy credit for um, for the, the magicians and the petting zoos and taking the pressure off players, <laughs> well, at what point do you have to put blame on him for when those same players aren't living up to expectations and, and do seem to be feeling pressure? Um, you know, that, that sort of cuts both ways. And, you know, I, I, this is not a situation where I would ever say, you know, Matt should be fired, that would help. Yeah. But, the more I've seen it, it just it does not appear, and this is definitely an outsider's perspective, that that he has the control or the or the full attention of the clubhouse that we saw from him early on. It it, it feels as though when, as these guys have matured, you know, as as individuals and as baseball players, that that maybe there isn't that same spark that he's able to impart that he was three and four years ago and I, I just I, it, I don't think the front office there's certain things that he has said publicly and certainly some decisions that he's made I can almost guarantee like Albert Almora uh, <laughs> batting lead off maybe um, <laughs> that, that you know that they haven't really agreed with and that to me is not so much the players he gets along with players I have no doubt about that Yeah, but but if the front office is, is wanting to move in a different direction and, and wanting to make some different things happen, and they can do so with a guy who's going to listen to them and not earn $6 million to do it, I, I think that's a direction they have to seriously consider making. And I, and I think, I don't believe that it comes down, I, I, I'm with them, I don't believe it comes down to wins and losses, but what it's going to come down to is, is how do the Cubs win and how do they lose? And they continue to be as inconsistent as they have been and to show up uh, for some of these road games and even some home games looking listless and as though they just don't even know what they're doing that day, um, yeah. then, okay, then what is your manager doing at that point? You know, what is what, what, what is that worth that someone else could not bring? And, and so that's, that's what it's going to come down to. If this team falls on their face like they did last year, yeah. I can't imagine Joe Madden being around because why would you extend him at that point? Yep. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. I think also when, you know, Theo came out and said uh, he was embarrassed by the team's road play, it kind of, you know, affected him a little bit too, so maybe that's some of the reason for the other comments as well, but guess we'll never know. <laughs> so, last thing I kind of want to ask you before we let you get out of here, um, obviously, you know, we're from Iowa, um, what do you, what's your thoughts on the Field of uh, Dreams game coming up here next season? You know, it's, it's kind of a cool deal, um, although I, if it's anything like, and, and I know they're, they're kind of, uh, you know, they're putting up kind of a temporary stadium. I'm yeah. not a person. I'd rather see them hit it in the cornfield. Yeah. I think that'd be awesome. Like 30 to 28 or something, you know, like a beer league softball. <laughs> make, it, make it like the softball rules where you can only hit so many home runs or whatever, and then... It's yeah, out. Dude, like, <laughs> if you're gonna do it, I, I would honestly though, I would prefer to see them do it in a way that's like the Cubs White Sox Windy City Classic games used to be, where they play one game in the middle of the season and it was an exhibition game. Yeah, you know, I remember that. Didn't matter. Like, do that, man. Seriously, hit it in the corner. Have some of that going on. I'd love to make it like really a spectacle. Um, you know, because and the, 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 again, that doesn't matter because you know if you're gonna hit a ball and it rolls in in between the rows and you, you know. 
touchdown with a double. Well, that's kind of weird. But, um, but I, I, again, I'm a little bit worried that they're going to just over-commercialize it, slap up a bunch of stuff, and make it like that game at Fort Bragg a couple years ago where it's like yeah. you throw up all these stands and everything, and then, and then the, you know, you got to tear them back down, and it's kind of weird, and ESPN's going to make a big deal out of it. But it's I, – I, I will say this, though. I like that Major League Baseball is trying to do different they're, – they're doing that. They're doing the Little League Series. they got the, the Puerto Rico Series. they got the London Series that I'm going to be attending um, next That'd summer awesome, with the, yeah. Cubs and the Cardinals. Yep. Um, and so just trying to do different things to to bring, I don't know, a little bit of – maybe it's – I don't know if unique is the right way, but just a little bit of different flair, a little bit of different look. So kudos to them for trying at least. Uh, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll judge it more harshly or, or fairly once it uh, once it actually comes up and, and happens when we kind of see it. Fair enough, yeah. I'm sure the farmer in Dyersville, the town, which the Field of Dreams is in – is super stoked about it, that's for sure. But like Kevin Costner's got to be there, right? <laughs> oh, he's going to throw out the first Kevin pitch. Kevin out there throwing out the first pitch. He has to. Yeah. yeah. And then to the, to the guy, you know, like, he'll come, he'll come walking out of the corner. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're, they're going to do some goofy stuff. Oh, like yeah. That, right? Have James Earl Jones announce the thing. <laughs> um, but, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, hey, uh, stuff like that, although, I, I guess, I guess so, that's, that's part of it, okay, right? So, I'll, I'll, I'll shut up after this, but, the fact that here, here's the only problem I have with it is this, and and you guys are out there, you're familiar with the movie. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm 40. I grew up with it when I was a kid and and, and loved it. But um, if Major League Baseball is trying to appeal to a younger demographic, <laughs> is Field of Dreams really the best avenue? To take? Probably not. Um, no. You know that's that's kind of my thing. It's like ah, you guys, but but to the guys who are running Major League Baseball, like that's a that's like a current pop culture icon <laughs> of a movie. You know what I mean? So. Uh, I don't know. They'd uh, be better off. Uh, heck, I, I don't know where you go with it. Um, but but I do. That's I guess the one part that worries me is I don't know if Major League Baseball is, is yet doing enough to appeal to that younger generation For and sure. to find the kids where they're at. So um, so we'll see. Maybe maybe this is uh, maybe I'm wrong. This is the way to do it. But um, we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I uh, I listened to your uh, Into the Basket earlier podcast uh, today and. <laughs> I enjoyed you were talking about the Field of Dreams or whatever, and you're like, the only thing I really disliked about this was all the bad takes about the movie that this brought out in everybody. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I got, I got really angry. Like, oh, that shit sucks. I'm like, Bill, you suck. You're awesome. Um, and I cry every time they go, he has a catch with his dad. Yeah. I don't care if people don't say have a catch. Um, that's, it's, it's cool, and so I, I love it, and I watch it generally every time it's on. I'll catch myself. Uh, it's like that, and like Shawshank Redemption, and yep. you know a couple others. Classic. I will find myself just like, well, hey, it's halfway through. Well, I already know what happened, so let's uh, let's watch. Although <laughs> I will say this, and I, I told you I was going to be done no, like good. five minutes ago, but, but now I the, the part that really bugs the hell out of me uh, about the movie that was a little girl, you know, she falls off the bleachers, yep. and, and everybody's standing around like gobsmacked, like, oh no, what do we do? And, and, and you know, the guy, like, Moonlight Graham steps back, and here he is as a doctor, and all he does is whack her on the back. <laughs> like, he's a doctor, like, the doctor had to do that, right? Like, he had to give up his dream to be in there, and, and, and that was what saved, like, nobody else could have given her the Heimlich, honestly. It took, and so, that, as far as I was, was kind of like, Okay, well, this is really silly, and I felt that when I was a kid. It's like, well, that's that's sort of dumb. Everybody else is just staring at her, and Timothy Busfield threw her off the bleachers, and nobody's mad at him. Um, so anyway, that that that's I, I could do without that, but anyway, 
Yeah, and that's how he got through medical school, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was right there. I mean, hell, if that's what it takes, uh, <laughs> go be a doctor. I'll just go around slapping people in the back. <laughs> hey, let's get it going right now. <laughs> so, well, is there really anything else? Um, I think we held you a little bit longer than you maybe wanted, but anything else you uh, want to maybe touch on before you, uh, we get out of here? You know, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm really just interested to see here after this whole thing gets rolling again, um, you know, how how these races come down. You know, we're talking about the, the NL Central is crazy, but then the AL East yeah. is really wild right now, and there's like like eight teams within three games of the wild card, yeah, and, cool. and, you know, the Cubs have to go to Philly, and, and they're in the thick of things. To go, and Pittsburgh's playing like garbage right now, yeah. which is Maybe that'll give a nice little jump start to it, but this is, this is, um, you know, Madden said big boy time was like two weeks ago or whatever, and it, and it hasn't been yet, so I'm, I'm waiting to see, like, okay, does, does big boy time come, because this, this series against the Phillies, yeah, it's a big one, like, this that, is big, that's legit, right, that's, yeah. you know, you split in Cincy, do you carry any momentum through that, because you got six more games here before coming back home to Wrigley, and then uh, it's a big stuff, so I, this, to me, and clearly there'll be a ton of division games. There's going to be a lot of after, uh, attrition, you know, one way or the other. But um, having to play the Phillies, they got to play the Mets coming up before too long. Like, they've been hot. Like, how how do they handle some of these teams they haven't seen much of? Um, can, can they get that done consistently? And we just, it, yeah. So I'm, I'm interested in that and how, how the division breaks down to, to people. Because right now, nobody's falling off. Like, everybody, everybody keeps assuming, like, okay, you know, the – uh, the Brewers will fall back now. Yep. The, you know, the Cardinals just lost five straight. They're going to fall back. And, and nobody has. And the Cubs have not taken advantage of that. Nope. So, um, unless they do, they, the longer this goes, the, the you know, the, the tighter you, you clench up just, just a little bit. So, um, yeah, so I, I am hopeful just for the for the sanity of everyone uh, for a few nice games in, uh, in Philly and Pittsburgh because if not, uh, the Knaves are going to get really restless again. Yeah, that Pittsburgh series especially, because like I saw, they're like 4-24 since the All-Star break, so if we don't go in there and at least take two out of three, if not win a, sweet, win a road series, <laughs> I think we're really going to be having some road issues if we lose that series. Yeah, 0-7. They're like 0-7-1 yeah. in, in NL Central road series. Like, that, is, that is unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I've seen it, and I've heard them say it, and I've, I've looked at it and proven it, but it's still, it is shocking. They haven't won a, a road series since the middle of May, and they haven't won at all a road series in the division. That is... Yeah, unbelievable. That, that's, that's not... That's unacceptable. Yeah. I mean, just, that's not... That can't happen. Um, so, they... Like, they have to at some point. Yeah. You do this shape, that, that has to change. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so that's... That's... I'm... We'll say it now. They will... They will... Win. They're going to sweep the Pirates. I'll mark the tape. I hope you're right. I hope you are, too. And I'll say it now, because uh, the chances are pretty good with the way the Pirates have been playing that, uh, you know, the three of us could round up six more people <laughs> and go in there and, and at least give them a run, so hopefully the Cubs can. Yeah, if we lose two out of three, Cubs Twitter could get to be a really even more ugly place than it already can be. So. It's not going to be a fun place to be. It's no. A lot of times it's not a fun place to be, but it, it's, it's, it'll get, like, toxic in a hurry. So just, just for the, again, for the sanity of everyone, because... Because honestly, too, the Cubs are going to get so many questions out of that. It's going to be just the the, the, you know, the kind of media circus and, and what's, the, what's the news cycle around it. It's going to be get kind of gross. So 
for everyone's sake, they need to just go in and win, you know, like four of the next six games. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Minimum, and, and then just come back to Wrigley and, and kind of push that lead out. So, That'd be great. So, for sure. so that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, let's hope so. Us too. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, we just want to say thanks for coming on the show, though. It means a lot. Um, I hope you had as much fun as we did, uh, you know. Learn some good info, I think. Yeah. Uh, and just so. thanks for all the work you do on with Cubs Insider. We love the articles, love the tweets. You guys make it enjoyable to watch the game and follow Twitter. So there's a few of you out there. I know you on the Bleacher Nation, Matt Cloud. There's a lot of you good guys out there that are doing the good job. So thank you for that. No problem. Uh, always, always happy to, to be able to see how much longer I can, uh, you know, hold, hold my flame up against the darkness. Uh, if, if this <laughs> thing keeps uh, getting weird on the road, I might, I might just go full meatball here uh, <laughs> in the next couple weeks, and, and you might have a different thing to say. But, but no, I, I appreciate having the chance to come on, and, and uh, I told you I told you at the start I love to listen to myself talk, and, and I, uh, I'm glad I was able to follow through on that. And, uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll just go from there. All righty, yeah. Thank uh, you so much. Open invite whenever you want to come on. I mean, we love having you, so. Yeah, you drop a lot of good knowledge, for sure. <laughs> awesome. I try. That's, that's the only that's the only problem. That's the only problem is you can't be on because I'll just stare blankly. Uh, and I won't have anything to come up with. So uh, you guys are going to burn me for uh, for at least the, the next season. So give me another year and, and maybe we can, we can make it work. Or at least we, we'll get some new narratives. But no, I, uh, again, no, I, I appreciate it. It's always fun to, to get a chance to share. I, I, I love talking about it one way or the other. So All right. Thank you so much. Yep, thank you. No problem, guys. Take care. Yeah, you have a good night. Thank you. Yep. Bye-bye. Thanks for everybody that uh, listened to that. Um, if you want to follow Evan on his social media pages, you should definitely do that. Um, yeah. His Instagram is just uh, Cubs Insider. And then also his personal Twitter is D and then Evan Altman. So at D Evan Altman. And then his also his uh, Cubs Insider Twitter is just at Real Cubs Insider. So make sure you uh, check that out. Um, we're gonna. I think we're gonna recap his interview overall a little bit here. Yeah. So uh, get ready for that. All right. Well, that was a lot of fun. What do a you think? A lot Tim? of fun. I just thank you again to Evan for coming on. Just his knowledge is just Fantastic. a lot of a lot of great knowledge about the Cubs. You can definitely hear the passion in his voice about how much he truly cares just about the Cubs in general. So it's more than just a hobby or a business to him. It's true love of the Cubs. Yeah. So that's cool. I loved his story on his uh, his son. Yeah. Uh, being a switch hitter and then kind of looking at Ian Happ's like, yeah. when he was trying to progress his swing, you know, moving on when he got sent down to Iowa. That was awesome because, uh, I mean, it makes sense, you know. He's trying to get that wrist action moving, you know, and explains why he was grounding out so much. And, and I think that's a lot, of people, a lot of fans don't notice is that they expect him to go down to Iowa. Kill it right fishing. away. But they went down and they literally retooled his whole swing. Yeah. They broke him down to zero again and restarted again. Yep. And I don't think a lot of fans realize that. That it wasn't just a get your head right. Quick it was, fix. It was literally a major process. Let's break down your swing and start again. Yeah. So Quick. obviously the results are here. Yeah. What a, anything really stick out that he said to you? No, it's very... Yeah, I mean, obviously the whole thing was great. Great. Loved it, but. Very similar to what he tweets in his articles. No, just like I said, just his knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Great knowledge of the game, great knowledge of the Cubs, and yeah, yeah, a lot of fun. And one thing I did notice too, one thing I was really impressed by, I guess, was he's able to break down someone and call them a bad player when not like he he complimented Albert Elmore for being a great clubhouse guy, being a great person, and I, I just appreciate that because all too often we I feel like we bash 
just certain players, and we just bash them as people. Yeah. When they're probably great. Ninety nine percent of them are great people. They're just not a great baseball player. Yeah. And I appreciate that he was able to separate the two. Yeah. Yeah. And I just love say, hey, he's not a good baseball player, but I loved when he, we were talking about the bullpen dudes and just talking about their arm slots. Oh yeah. Just like you know, especially Kyle Ryan. You know how he throws so far. Yeah, he has great knowledge there. Yeah, loved it. So definitely super uh, excited and happy that that happened. So, For sure. Um, I kind of want to touch on this before we say peace out for the night. But what did you think about the Player Weekend jerseys this year? Have you seen They're them? garbage. They're so ugly. Not a fan of the white they're, jerseys. They're hideous. The ones last year were actually pretty pretty nice. But these this year is just Not pretty. Oh. I really did like the Little League jerseys, though. The Little League ones The little ones awesome. between Cubs Pirates this weekend. It just says Cubbies on Yeah, them. those are sweet. Yeah, I love those. Big fan. Big fan of those hats, too. I would actually consider buying maybe the uh, Little League ones. Yeah, no. The jerseys with the Player Weekend. Player Weekend. So it's ugly. just, they're so ugly. Oh, man. I don't know. Those who came up with those is swinging a miss by. Yeah. But and the last thing I think about, who knew Evan liked Phil Williams that much? I mean, he was breaking it down hardcore. <laughs> the doctor scene. Yeah, he was breaking down scenes. I, I mean, I've seen it a lot. I love the movie, but you could tell he had a love of that movie. He was oh, breaking yeah. it down hardcore for us. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, that was awesome. Um, well, we'll have to think of a poll question this for this week. Um, we'll, yeah, we'll put our brains together so you we'll know something, something great. But. Anything else you want to say uh, before we no, give the handles? Just a great week. Yeah. Um, a lot of fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. And please do, if you are listening and you do care about the Cubs, please do follow Evan and give him a like. And yeah, his, a uh, his info again is, his Twitter is at DEvanAltman, and his Cubs Insider Twitter is at RealCubsInsider. And then yep. his Facebook page is just Cubs Insider. So give him a follow and yeah. a like. That'd be yep. great. And also, if you liked what you he- uh, heard, make sure you share us. I know we're... I think we're starting to get out there to some other people. We're trying. I mean, we're not huge by any means, but we're having fun. We're hustling and we're trying. So just, yeah, give us a like. Give us a follow. So much appreciated. Uh, Thanks for all the continued support. So um, our social media pages are, our Twitter is at Corn Sports. Our Instagram is CornFedSports1. Our Facebook is Facebook.com slash CornFedSports1. And lastly, our blog website is CornFedSports1.blogspot.com. Anything else, Timmy? No. You know what time it is. Keep it officially corn fed.